Welcome back to the Relationship Mentors Podcast. I am your host, Mia, and this is our other host, Charlie. And today we are going to go over the four phases you need to move through within your relationship. We're also going to go over the subtle green flags that will let you know that you have found the one. And we're also going to go over what happens when your partner doesn't see or appreciate your efforts. Juicy one today. I know. So before we get into it, we normally do a little catch up from the week. However, Charlie thought it would be a really cute idea for us to actually go over the story on how we met. Yeah. So how did we meet? We are from very different places. I'm from Wales in the UK, about 16,000 kilometers away from here. Yeah. And Mia's from a country town in Australia. Well, I'm from a country town in Wales. Mia's from a country town in Australia, born the other side of the world. And we somehow ended up together. We started a business together. We're doing life together. And it's amazing the synchronicities on how that happened. So, yeah, I moved over from the UK to Australia about four years ago when I was 23 years old, I think. And, yeah, just experiencing life in Australia, doing different things, working construction, just anything to get my visa. I wanted to stay in this country. I wanted to life different than life in the UK. And then eventually started getting into circles where they were talking about entrepreneurship, personal development, building a business, building a brand, social media stuff. And I just delved into that and really built my brand up and got into this space. And then through doing that, I started seeing more and more content around that on my social media, especially my ads. So one day, Mia Cherry rocked up on my Instagram page in an ad. So she used to work for a marketing agency and they were running an ad where Mia was talking, talking about scaling this company from 30 grand a month to 200 grand a month. And I was like, fuck, that's, that's pretty hot. Like I put her in the pretty girl category. Yeah. But also having that behind you is really, really cool. So I didn't do anything about it. And then I kept seeing the ad like five, six, seven times, always in my face. I'm like, damn, this girl won't go away. <laughs> so I went over to their Instagram page and searched your name, found you. And then I didn't message you for like two weeks because I was watching your stories to see like what sort of person you were. Mm. What were your daily things? Did you go out drinking every weekend? Like if so, you weren't the person for me. You were just seeing if my values aligned with the values that I posted online aligned with some of your values. Yeah, exactly. Like what you were posting. If you were posting thirst trap pictures and getting drunk every weekend and doing all this stuff, then obviously mm. you weren't the person for me. But what I saw, I was like, cool, she qualifies, so I'll slide in the DMs. I don't know if I was really posting that much. I think at that time of my life, I was really just focused on the nine-to-five job job that I had. Mm. And I was just resharing everything else, like what other people were posting, which were probably just my work colleagues and we were doing like work meetings and things like that. Yeah, so then I slid in the DMs. What happened after that? Then... (laughs) On my end, I saw a, it was quite a thoughtful message. Like it wasn't just a slide in on how how you doing. It was like again just messaging about like my work. Yeah. From my perspective, I wasn't really looking for anyone, and I was just excited to be focusing on work. And then since I think your message like saw you started following me I was like oh this guy's cute and then the fact that you addressed like seeing all like seeing the ads every single day and like how that's so cool that someone that's seeing the ads is now found my personal Instagram account and messaging me so I think it you didn't come across as a creepy guy I'm I'm glad you saw it as cute not creepy (laughs) yeah 100% and then so that just then initiated me to actually want to respond because normally I would just see the message Mm. back then anyway and not feel a need to respond to other messages for people that I didn't know. And then from there, you just started the conversation straight away. Like you went, like continued the conversation really well. And straight away within the first two messages, you had already organized for us to go out on a date that same week. Yeah. And since it was so, like I didn't really enjoy texting back and forth back then, Mm. that the fact that you were straight to the point of like, okay, you wanted us to catch up and go out on a date yeah it's happening this week then that just i knew what i wanted yeah knew what you wanted went after it and that actually made me like okay yeah but like i'd love to do that that sounds great this time Mm. and then you organize the rest from there and then since we had already 
agreed that we were seeing each other at a certain time that week it then encouraged me to actually respond to all the rest of the messages throughout the week where I believe like my type of personality if you just continued to have a conversation with me throughout the week without us yes like I'm just I always love to meet someone in person to get their personality to get their vibe phone calls things like that so texting back and forth really isn't my forte like that texting back and forth is not how I like to connect with people Mm. like with clients it's a different story because we're like on coaching calls with them yeah um however yeah it's like there's no way you're going to fully get to know someone if you're just messaging them Mm. so you handled that really well yeah so we started messaging on the Tuesday I think and then we went on a day on a Friday yeah it was like Tuesday yeah Tuesday night we sent like it was at in the evening and I went to bed pretty early. So it was like six o'clock or something. And then we messaged back and forth, like literally only a couple of messages yeah. in that time. It was like, Hey, let's go out on a date, confirm the date. And it was like five messages back and forth within like an hour and a half or something like that. Yeah. And then, then within, then that Friday mm. we went on a date. Amazing. And we had a first date and it was really fun and then really connected and just get that feeling that that person's the one yeah which is really really cool so yeah we had a fun first date and then continued seeing each other yeah. um, my favorite thing about you very much so was the fact that you always organized the next date it's like you mm. always like with on the first date you already started saying all these other date ideas that you were wanting to do together and it just helped me get more certainty that you were wanting to see me again on the first date I didn't know if you were just like small talk like oh we could do this together or do this together and then as the dates went on I realized that you were genuinely talking about we should actually do this together and so that just gave me a lot of certainty because every time I not only spoke to you but also caught up with you Mm. you were always so like intrigued to get to know me more as well as initiating the next time we're going to see each other yeah in the early stages of dating it's so vital that you don't play games with the other person like when you do that, it just sets you off on such a bad foundation if you're going to carry on with that person. Like so many people just go on dating apps just to get validation, no real want to meet anyone. But when you can actually go on there with intention to meet someone and you show up and you actually talk to that person and you don't play games and you're straight up, then that's how you're going to find someone that also isn't playing games. Yeah, but when 100%. you play games, you're just going to attract the worst types of people. But when you can be true when you can be confident when you can know what you want when you go after what you want that's when you'll actually find someone you really like you see all these videos on like social media like do these like five like things. texting tips yeah texting tips or like do these things approaching coaching to, <laughs> to get him to like make him obsessed with you mm. and all of them are just like little games to play in the courting phase however in reality it's like the thing that stood out the most with you was the fact that he didn't play any games and it was so upfront like that I knew what you were wanting. You were wanting to see each other in person and go out on a date. Mm. And that was said within the first couple of minutes, yeah. like first couple of text messages. And that just gave me certainty on where it's going. Otherwise, it's just like another person sliding into your DMs and you have no idea what their intentions are, if anything's going to come out of it. Is that the person just wanting attention mm. of a, like a response, you know? And so funny, on our first date, we went to a restaurant that's right like 100 meters away from where we live together now Mm. and we walked directly past where we live right now and we do the same walk most days now across to the beach across the front and it's like we did this on our first date and now we live together and we walked past the house where we were going to live together yeah so So it's like on our first date we went to the restaurant and then after we finished food we were like let's go to the beach and then that path from the restaurant to the beach is the exact same path that we take every single day now to the beach. Super cute. So, and the rest is yeah. history. And we've been in a relationship almost two years now. Yeah. And we've definitely moved through different phases in the relationship and things have changed over that time. And I think it's something that people really need to be aware of. Like it's not always gonna feel the same as it did in the start. Like you get mm-hmm. to keep the same things, you get to do certain things the same, but feelings are gonna change, there's more certainty you see the other person naked a thousand times it's not going to be the same as the first time so it's really important that you ride the waves you take a look at the relationship from a wider perspective rather than seeing the nitty-gritty of every day as like oh we're arguing now we're doing this now it's sometimes it feels boring it's like cool that's part of the journey as well it's really important to actually zone out of that right exactly like it helps 
when you move through the phases, it helps create a whole nother level of depth within the relationship. Because it's like with our first dates, I felt like we were so connected and we spoke about so much and we mm. saw each other. To add more to that other story is that you always organized a date within like three or four days of each other. So it was like quite consi- like really consistent of us seeing each other, which I really, really loved. Keep you warm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like in that time, we spoke so much and I feel like I really got to, we got to know each other so much. And then when we moved in together and we moved through the next phase with, of the relationship, we got to go to a whole nother level of depth that we didn't even realize was there. And then that was within like three months, let alone the growth that we had when we were traveling together and that we've really moved through all the phases now. And there's always such another level of depth that we didn't even realize was there before. Because if you would have asked us in the first phase that we were in within our relationship, we're like, we know each other so much. Like we've gone Mm. to the depths of the depths together. And then you realize, oh, there's like a whole nother three phases that we can move through in our relationship. And it unlocks a whole nother level of depth that you like, honestly, you truly didn't even realize was there before. Yeah. You don't know what you don't know. Exactly. And when people are in that honeymoon phase and that first phase where there's so much excitement, every time you see them, every time you get a message off them, Mm. you make effort, you go on date nights, you're probably having a lot of sex. Everything's easy. You're not really arguing. There's not much triggers there. It's like, it feels so easy, right? But then things start to get, things start to change slowly, especially when people move in together. Then you start to see their whole self, like all their little mannerisms, even the way they wash up, even the way they take the bins out, even the way they make the bed, even the way they, where they put their toothbrush. There is thousands of little things that you have to take on when you move in together, right? Yeah, because as a, aspect of like we did see each other a lot when we lived in our separate houses or apartments and when we got to see each other we were coming in with the excitement and even that we would spend a few hours together or the night together or like the few days together we still had this there could be still a persona or like you're always wanting to put your best foot forward or like really making the most of that time you spend together before you go back to your separate house however once you live together it's just Mm. They're seeing the best of the best and the worst of the worst and knowing that your partner loves you through that. And I think it's the frequency as well, like seeing each other Mm. all the time. It can quickly become a commodity almost. Yeah. If you're not aware of that, you can make your partner such a commodity because they're always there, right? It's like Mm. you don't prioritize date nights because we can just do it tomorrow because we live together. We can just put that off. But when Mm. you live separately, you have to organize your life. You have to be intentional like, hey, what are you doing Thursday night? Do you want to do this? Yeah, cool. But when you live together, a lot of times that can go astray, can't it? Yeah, because even in the courting, not even the courting phase, but just organizing when you're going to go to the other person's house, it's like... Yeah, you have to be organized. Yeah, it's like you asking like, oh, what are you doing tomorrow? Do you want to come over and like go to the markets together or something like that? When you live together, you don't have that urgency because we just know, oh, this afternoon, if you want to do something, I'm already, I'm already going to be here tomorrow. I'm already going to be here that there's no urgency of needing to organize that where then in the earlier stages of the relationship, we probably enjoyed that in those moments made it feel special. Mm. But now that we're living together, there's other things that make up, make it special. Yeah. And it's, I was speaking to a client yesterday and their relationship felt so boring and lifeless and they weren't getting the quality time. They were just roommates basically living together. And it's like, you need that structure and that intention to your relationship in order to make it work, to keep it exciting. And so many people just get lazy. They don't prioritize things. Like bad things happen slowly over time. A lot of the time when people have divorces, it's hardly ever about the big thing. It doesn't just randomly like one person cheats on the other person. One person decides to up and leave. There's always loads of little signs that add up to that point trust gets broken in so many little ways which leads up to that point so it's so important to stay on top of things and not let your relationship become so lazy become so reactive almost like a lot of people don't do anything about their relationship until it becomes really really bad yeah and that's one thing i really want to push because when i speak to people in the dms and they want to come do work but they're like oh but it's okay like my partner and I are okay. We, we hardly speak to each other. We're this, we're that, we're that, labeling all these problems, but the pain's not bad enough yet to do something about it. 
It's just a terrible way that it's such a terrible way to live your relationship and have your relationship. Yet, I believe so many people have normalized it that they don't see it almost as an issue. When I was like, in the courting phase or in the honeymoon phase, which is the first phase that you move through in your relationship, you put in so much effort to get to know the other person. You put in so much effort to even see the other person and organize your next date. However, then they just assume since they're in a relationship, they're not growing more than that. They believe that since they, they live in the same house, mm. they're not having to organize. Don't have to a, put as much effort in. Yeah. They don't realize is to just even have the courtesy to ask their, your partner to still get to know them because mm. every day you're growing as a person individually, I'm growing as a person individually. And it's still important that we're connecting with each other and asking each other questions. So we're re-meeting each other with the new versions that we are every day. Yeah, every day. And in the first phase, people think I put in a lot of effort because I have to win the other person. Yeah. I'm putting on my best front. I'm making the effort. I'm showing up the best I can so that I can win that other person. And a lot of time, six months down the line, a year down the line, when they feel like they've fully won that person, then they can drop the effort level, right? Yeah. They think, yep, I've already got the other person. I don't have to try as much now. That's like going to the gym, getting a six pack, getting in shape and be like, cool, I've got a six pack. I no longer have to go to the gym. Like you're just gonna go get fat again or you're just gonna get skinny yeah. again. Like you need to continuously make effort in your relationship. Otherwise you're just gonna fall into disaster basically. There's a word called um, entropy which is like the gradual, invisible demise into an order. Okay. And it happens in so many relationships when they, like I always say, improvement is often invisible, but mm -hmm. so is getting worse. A lot of people get worse day by day, slowly, slowly. And it's like looking in the mirror and aging. You don't notice yourself age, mm. but if you look back over four years, you'd be like, wow, I have aged. They always talk about that 1%. Hey, it's like 1%, you're either every day you're either moving 1% forward in a certain area of life, mm. or if you're not doing anything, you are moving that 1% backwards. Yeah, and so that 1% like every day. 100%, and it has such a massive compound effect. And that's what people, it's like people know when they have a habit, it's a compound effect. Like if I drink a liter of water today, I may wanna drink more water the next day and that builds that compound effect. Mm. That compound effect goes in every single area of life. And it also goes into the area of your relationships. Like the way that I greet you when you come home, the way that you make me feel important mm. when I come to you with a question or whatever it is, it's like that 1% one, 1 the compound effect of that yeah. every single day in every single conversation that we have, mm. it's building on top of that. So if you're having a conversation with your partner and you dismiss them, imagine what that compound effect is going to create in a week's time, a month's time, or a year's time. Yeah, it's so invisible and it builds so fast, right? Mm. People always say, how do I improve my relationships? It's not big things, it's thousands of little things. Yeah. It's when your partner expresses yourself, expresses themselves to you, and do you get defensive, do you get reactive, or do you actually hold space for the other person, hear the other person, work through that? Do you turn towards your partner, answer their bids for connection, what do you do first thing in the morning? Do you check your phone or do you say good morning to your partner? Do you let your partner know where you are? Do you ask them about their day? Do you understand their needs? There mm -hmm. is thousands of little things that can make your relationship great. And that's why we're so passionate about putting this all into online education for couples to actually learn those skills, right? 100%. Are we going to go into the exact four phases of the relationship? Yeah, cool. So is that... Yeah, cool. go for it. Excellent. So the first phase, as we mentioned, is the honeymoon phase. So what that would look like is what most people go into, which is the courting phase when it's exciting to get to know the other person. At this point, it's almost the excitement of the potential of the other person since you don't know them yet. Mm. It's the idolized version that you created in your head of what they possibly could bring mm. to your life or your relationship or the possibility of who they could be. And that's why it's so exciting because there's still so much potential out there. So much unknown. So much it's unknown. Like such yeah. a motivation to get to know the other person. Mm -hmm. It's like that exciting, that new dynamic because the way that you interact with them, with the new person in your life, that dynamic in itself is exciting and can be fun and liberating and all that good stuff. <laughs> Um, and then we'll go into the phase two. So I think if we just go into the phases and explain what they look like. 
Yeah, so after the honeymoon phase, when things start to feel a bit of the same or things start to feel different from the honeymoon phase, maybe it's a bit more boring, maybe you're not making time for each other, maybe you're going on less date nights, you're probably having less sex, life's getting in the way, you start triggering each other, you start arguing with each other, just life gets in the way, you know? And this is called the comfort phase within a relationship. It's when the honeymoon phase begins to die and then life just catches up and your relationship has to deal with life straight on. Like two individuals coming into a relationship, you have to figure that out. The initial high of the dopamine and the oxytocin and the serotonin, like that starts to wear off after a little bit. And what are you left with? You're left with the raw materials of two separate people making this relationship work. And it's really, really important through that phase to take an outside look and be like, cool, I'm choosing to grow through this and actually step into phase number three. Yes. And then just we have mentioned on one of the other podcasts is how so many relationships go from the honeymoon phase of the excitement and the potential of who that person could be and the courting phase. Then they move into the comfort phase where they just stop doing a lot of things that Mm. actually made the relationship great, made the relationship great, made the other person feel loved, things like that. And then you just keep going into a cycle of feeling comfort and then they realize that the comfort, if you're not doing the right things, is starting to create a shitty relationship. Mm. And so they end off that relationship chasing that new high that they had at the beginning when they were actually putting in all the effort to get to know the other person. So it's like once they get to the comfort phase and start doing all the actionable tools that we provide in our Conflict Codes program and through our mentorships, that they are actually to move into stage three. Amazing. Do you want to go into phase three? Yeah, you can go in. Cool. So phase number three is the healing and growth phase. And this is really making a decision to actually grow in your relationship, to be committed, to work through things, to see your triggers, to start to understand the other person, to hold space for the other person. It's you being in the comfort phase of the triggers and stuff and then being like, we can go through this. We can grow through this. We can become better. We can understand each other more. We can help each other love ourselves more. We can see all sides of you, the walls start to come down. You don't feel the need to defend yourself anymore. Like this healing growth phase is so, so powerful when you actually decide to work through your stuff, when you actually decide to get help maybe, like seek information, seek advice online. It's so important for couples. If they know there's a strong bond there, but maybe things are getting in the way, just know it's a decision to fully step into that growth. And then it's up to you to be resourceful. Go out, find help, find support, Find this information on how to actually grow through your relationship so you can move through that third phase of that healing and growth. And it gets to be a beautiful journey, right? 100% because they say when you're in such a close proximity with your partner, they are your greatest mirror. They are going to show you all the things that you have been hiding from yourself, all of your own triggers, Mm. anything that you weren't wanting to face within yourself they're going to be able to mirror that back to you, even very much unintended, like not on purpose. It's just naturally what occurs in the relationship. Mm. And it's then when you're able to recognize that to then actually be like, okay, we can create all of this and empower our relationships by actually just learning the tools Mm. and accepting where we are currently at within the relationship and accepting also having a shared goal of where we want it to be. Mm. And then it's going out and humbling your ego enough to be like, okay, there's tools out there that we can actually bring in and utilize to make this relationship even better. Yeah, that healing and growth is really choosing that you're a team. That you're a team through this. In the comfort phase and the honeymoon phase, you're two individuals. And in the healing growth phase, phase number three, it's so important that you're actually a team. Like you decide what's best for the relationship, not yourself. It's when your desire for connection is stronger than your desire to be right. The ego starts to drop away, you stop feeling the need to defend yourself and you actually decide to be a team through this. And that's such a massive phase in the sense because it's so easy and well and good for us to say that right now. Mm. But when you're in the heat of the moment, sometimes those conversations and they can get hard. Yeah, it's like it can when you're be, in the moment. Yeah, it's like you can start having really heated conversations and arguments and conflict and like things that really make you uncomfortable potentially because you've never addressed it before. Like, yes, it's so well and easy to 
say all that mm. right now. It's like when you're in the actual grid of it and like in that argument with your partner or your partner's come to you saying like they've noticed that you've been doing X, Y, and Z and you feel really like seen, I would say, but yeah. seen that you're terrified that you didn't realize anyone would notice that about you mm. or they've been trying to hide that about themselves for so many years that it's in those moments when you can either choose to be a team and work through it together or run away and, and not, not, face yeah, it. not face it. So it's like when you're actually in the heat of the moment, it's like, what do you choose to do? And it's such a great tool to turn into a habit of going in, like turning towards the team, towards the team, yeah. because that is a skill that you need to develop. Sometimes, like I know for me, it was not a natural thing within our relationship for me to turn to Charlie. It was like, it was constantly Charlie in you those moments. You always thought you had to fight your own battles. Yeah, I was very independent in the fact of, you know, I've got myself through to this point in my life by myself. I can keep making it through. And I just thought life was about making it through on my own. And you had to be strong and you couldn't lean on anyone else. Yeah, very much so. And it wasn't until like Charlie, every time a conflict would come up or like he would see my shadow sides or really like come at me, not come at me, but address something and my ego would feel attacked. <laughs> so threatened. Yeah, yeah, threatened. Or, and it was just my ego in play. And it was always Charlie that was reminding me, come back to the tape, like showing me that it was a team dynamic mm. and showing me that it's safe to come back and lean on the team. Yeah. So it was like constantly bringing that in. It's like yeah. you show, showed me how safe it was for us to lean together. Your relationship gets to be the biggest form of personal development for yourself. Mm -mm. And this is where it happens in phase number three, where you're choosing the team, you're choosing to work through your stuff. When your partner pisses you off so much, when they're so dumb and they don't realize this stuff or when your girlfriend's so sensitive, it's like, what is that? what's your partner trying to teach you in this moment? If you're feeling impatient, maybe you need to work on your patience. If you feel like your girlfriend's too sensitive, it's like, maybe you need to work on your emotional intelligence to actually work through that stuff. Your relationship will give you so many opportunities to grow through that. Yeah. And it's about choosing growth and choosing the team in those times. And through that, you can actually reach phase number four which is the deeper soul connection. And during this time, it's like triggers, conflict, arguments, all this stuff will still come up, but you work through it so much faster and you are a solid team at this point. And you work through the triggers a lot faster. You choose love even when it's hard. All these moments can come up. You know that you've got such a strong team dynamic mm -hmm. and that can't be wavered. 100%. It's such an, it's like all the tools that you've learned throughout going through all of those three phases are now almost automatic in that fourth phase. Mm, like I feel it's your like default. it honestly is. It's like, I know if there's any conflict that comes up or sometimes my ego is still at play. If something in particular comes up, I just know that automatically I know no matter what is said or how I feel right now, that this is our foundation. Mm. Like it's so, so there's secure so you. much security so much love so much acceptance and so much support mm. and just knowing that at the core no matter how frustrated I am with you and how you wash up <laughs> or how stressed I am in a different area of my life or it's like depending on my hormones of the month like I just know that there's such a security here mm. it's when there's no more walls left up yeah. you don't feel the need to hide you don't feel the need to defend yourself you are just completely open to the other person and exposed. That's, that way you can actually let the other person love all of you. Because so many people hide parts of them that they don't want to show the external world out of shame, out of fear, out of this, out of that. But when you can be fully exposed and realize, like, shame can only exist in the dark. As soon as it's brought to the light, it can no longer exist. And your relationship's the best place to bring that out, right? Mm -hmm. I love what you just said. Sorry to interrupt there. Is what you said about exposed is like this mm. definitely is the phase where you're fully exposed. I don't think you really emphasize how vulnerable that is. It's like, even if you feel like, Oh, I'm fully exposed in my relationship right yeah, now. There are layers yeah. To like what would you be mortified that someone knew about you? Like what's something that you're, what's the last thing you'd want someone to know about you? Yeah. 
And it's like, and then have that conversation with your partner. And when you can bring that into the relationship, you get to feel love for that thing. You get to feel acceptance and reassurance. Then you no longer feel that thing about yourself. And you just, oh, there's such a, it just frees up so much energy and so much space in yourself when you no longer hold those things. The word that comes to my mind is liberating. Not that I normally use that word, but I feel like that. <laughs> liberation. Yeah, it's liberating. Uh, but it really is because you just get to, like, I know no matter what comes up, no matter what insecurity comes up within me, no matter what I'm feeling in this moment, I know that I can come to you and you're going to hold me with love and help me through the support the best that you can mm. in those moments. Yeah. But I know that I'm not, but ashamed of something that's happened in the past or what you may think, because I know no matter what you love me and you're choosing to love me every single day. And yeah. I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. And I know that, you know, that I would always do the same for you. Mm. And it's only getting to that phase four where you know that you're not going to be scared to bring up anything in your relationship because you know, there's security there. Yeah. And I feel like getting to that point is so worth it. So it's so worth investing into the relationship building that deep connection. So many people just live day to day in this shitty relationship where they don't trust their partner. They feel jealousy. They're getting triggered. They feel stressed out. They're overthinking. There's anxiousness. It's like, can you work on your relationship? Can you actually learn the tools to create that deeper soul connection and have that security? Like your relationship is supposed to be a source of joy and growth, not a source of stress all the time. Like sometimes it can be stressful, but most of the time it should bring you joy. Yeah, especially there's a lot of messages and conversations that we have with clients that they're, when they first come into our and share what's been happening in their relationship, that they're so scared to bring up things to their partner or feel like there's no point of bringing up something to Mm. their partner because they won't reciprocate. They'll get defensive. They'll pretend like they didn't hear the other person. It's so interesting just to see so many people just getting stuck at the comfort phase and not even realizing that they, if they both choose it, they can move into the phase three and then phase four. And that's, I think is the biggest thing is realizing that you both need to choose the relationship for you to be able to move into phase four, uh, Mm. three and four. Yeah. That defensiveness has been theme of the week. Mm. Like I talk to a lot of clients. I talk to a lot of people on Instagram and I'm getting so many messages about defensiveness, especially women saying they can't bring things up to their boyfriend because they get defensive. They have this reaction and it comes up so, so often. So I'd say that is a red flag. I think defensiveness is something we can get into next episode. Yeah. But for that, for this moment, I'd say defensiveness is a red flag unless they're willing to work through it. So let's look at some green flags in a relationship. Mm. Do you have a green flag in mind that comes up straight away? The first one that comes up straight away, also because we just spoke about it, is the biggest green flag, even when you're in a relationship or even in the dating phase, is them visibly choosing you every single day it's like when I first met Charlie even if it was through our first text message from that first message every single day after that Charlie has shown me that he has is choosing me every single day whether it was in the dating phase and you were just messaging me like you'd always make sure that I just felt important and I don't know if that I don't feel like that was your intention it was just you genuinely were interested in me mm. and you showed me that there was no games in within playing that yeah. you just showed me who you were the real honest you and you just chose me every single day Aww. and then thank you <laughs> and then even till this day now it's like we appreciate each other so much and you just show me every day that you are choosing me and then in other people's relationships when they are having disagreements and things like that you can see like from the girlfriend's point of view that their partner is still choosing them in those moments. And then there's other conversations that we have where it's like, can you honestly ask yourself, is your partner choosing you? And if they've disrespected you the whole day in every area of Mm. your conversation in life, maybe that's a massive red flag that they are not choosing you. And are you even choosing you or that relationship? Or are you just hoping that's magically going to change one day? You're, You're in a relationship with a fantasy. You're in a relationship with a vision that you've got for the relationship that you aren't even putting the work in to achieve. 
Yeah. Like if you've got this fantasy for the relationship and that's all you're holding on to, it's like maybe he'll change, maybe she'll change, maybe we'll do better, maybe something will change. Nothing changes if nothing changes. You need to do something about it now. And like you said about choosing the other person every day, even with intimacy, like men get warmed up physically. It's very easy for a man to warm up towards sex. And then women generally get warmed up emotionally. So you need to be connected with the other person, build up that emotional intimacy throughout the day. And it's like, if you're the guy and you've pretty much ignored your girlfriend all day, then it gets to seven o'clock, you've had food, you go to bed and you're expecting sex. It's like, if you've not spoke to your partner all day, what makes you think that she'll want to have sex with you? Yeah, like if you have dismissed her from the moment you've woken up and have just dismissed all her small little bids for connection, you have told her through your actions by ignoring her that you do not care about her emotions. (laughs) You do not care about this, this and this. And it's only until nighttime when you feel like, oh, it's a fun time to have sex right now. Yeah, but then you're, now it's convenient for me. Yeah, it's like, but at that point, your partner feels so rejected by you because you've just spent the whole day ignoring her. Mm. So that's a really big one. Yeah. What's a green flag for you? Yeah, so choosing your partner is the main thing. And I think emotional regulation is the mm. biggest skill in a relationship. It is huge. Like being able to, when your partner says something to you, not get defensive, be able to hold yourself, be able to take criticism, be able to not react, realizing people act from triggers and insecurities, mm-hmm. that it's not a personal attack on you. Yeah. So being able to hold all of that and emotionally regulate yourself is so, so important. How do you deal with stress? Do you bring external stress into the relationship? Like there's so many things around emotional intelligence and emotional regulation that people need to learn. Yeah, and on that point, it's not only is that a green flag for the other person, like you see that emotional maturity and regulation in them but do you have it within yourself because Mm. it is such like that's one of the biggest things that you could like assets of yourself is for you to become self-aware and become emotionally intelligent because that's really what's going to make such a great relationship like we had a relationship check-in this morning and that's why I said that I think our biggest celebration for the week is is really realizing how like re re acknowledging of how emotionally aware we are and how we're able to emotionally regulate our, each other, yeah. like ourselves. And growing through that stuff a lot. Like a lot of people look at me and I and we're like, like, oh, they must never argue. They must have no stress. They must this, must that, all perfect. They don't have stress like us. They don't have to do this. They don't get tired. They don't. It's like we have probably more arguments because we actually bring shit up. Mm. than most people but we just move through it so fast whenever anything isn't sitting right right with us we just we have the tools we can work through it we know we have such a strong security in our relationship everything's great it's just things need shifting Mm. and when you have that emotional intelligence be like i can work through this stuff we can become better we can move through it so fast then your relationship grows so fast yeah, if anything, Charlie jokes around of saying I bring up too much stuff, but also saying it in a joking way. Any little way. thing, yeah. It's like any little she thing. She lets me know. It's like the moment something isn't exactly correct in the sense of like how we show up for each other in the relationship. I'm just like, oh, like I pull it up straight away and it's the smallest, smallest things. Mm. And he's like, yep, okay. We're like, And then we move through that. And sometimes he's just like, it's such a small thing. However, I'm like, I could just see it. If I let it go once, it's going to get bigger or it's going to happen again. And it's like, I don't let anything slide. It's like the moment you bring, like the moment I see it, I bring it up being like, okay, no. (laughs) So many times I'm like, before meeting you, this is a type of relationship I wanted where nothing gets swept under the rug. We bring things up straight away. We work through things. Sometimes when you bring things up, I'm like, Fuck no. And I remind myself, this is what I signed up for. Yeah. And I remind you that sometimes too. I'm like, you wanted someone just like this. So deal with it. And that's a huge point on you need to take someone's whole, take someone as their whole complete self, not just the best parts. You need to take the ugly with the beautiful, like the things that come up. You need to be able to love the other person for their complete self. And that's a huge part of phase four, seeing both sides of them. Like in the, honeymoon phase you very much see infatuation where you only see the good in the comfort phase you might start seeing resentment where you only see the bad then healing growth like finding that balance seeing both sides awareness then deeper soul connections like i love you through all of it 
You yeah. can show me anything and I love you. The ugly, the messy, the horrifying. The <laughs> yeah, and when you everything. have someone that loves you through all of it, it makes you love yourself through all of it. Mm. And that's the best part of a relationship, I feel. So that's mm. definitely a green flag. So we said choosing your partner is a green flag. Mm. Having emotional regulation is a huge part. Do you have another one that springs to mind? I feel like those two really sum up a lot. Mm. It's very mm. unique to each person, what they deem yeah. as a green flag. Hey. I feel like... Because there's so many red flags like that. I remember, I think it was like around the time that we met, like maybe two years ago, that everyone's red flag list or their ick list was trending so much on TikTok. And their ick list was so big. I was like, what if we all went into our notes and created a green flag list of all the... What you wanted rather than what you didn't want. Yeah, um, writing all the things that you did want. So I feel like the first, the two that we mentioned were for every relationship, you want someone that mm. chooses you who, and what, emotionally regulation. Yeah. I think one other thing is respect. This is only because of what's really come up a lot in our client conversations this week. It's just seeing so many relationships where the person that's messaging us is being so disrespected that they're not realizing. Yeah, they it's can't like see when, it. Like, I just see it as if you're allowing someone to disrespect you, you are disrespecting yourself. By not doing anything. Mm. Because even when we, were just, when we just brought up that in the relationship, if there's a minor thing that I feel like we've agreed upon to show up as our best selves Mm. in the relationship and I address a small thing it's because I know that those are my values and if I don't bring it up to you I'm disrespecting myself and that's really how I view if someone's disrespecting your relationship if someone's disrespecting you within the relationship why are you allowing it to happen and if you let it slide without bringing it up or addressing it or setting that boundary you're disrespecting yourself so it's such a simple thing, but it often gets overlooked so much. It's overlooked so much. Actually respecting in, your partner through every little thing. Mm-hmm. Like, don't be a dick to your partner. There's so many people I speak to. I'm like, wow, why are you with this person? Why are you with this girl? Why are you with this bloke? Like, some people I message is like, or some people message me, hey, my partner still talks to her ex. She won't let me say otherwise. She works in in, in a job where she slept with the other guy. It's like fuck it's just so disrespectful so many people yeah, i'm gonna say like in most of the messages that i see or like the conversations that we have there's so much disrespect and it's sad that they've normalized it within their relationship and they're probably surrounded by other friends that are dating similar guys or similar girls and they're normalizing it within the friendship as well mm. it's like we really need to change that narrative of realizing when it's when someone else is disrespecting you, hold that boundary and become aware when you're disrespecting yourself. So just respecting yeah. the other person is a massive, massive thing because even in conflict sometimes, sometimes when you are in conflict and your ego is gonna get the better of you and like you'll say a snarky ass comment. Oh, it just feels and, so good though, hey. Because it's like, yeah, a snarky ass comment. And I was like, oh, I feel so good. And then later on, like within the, like two seconds after that, I'm like, that was a really shit thing to say. Mm. That was just like literally just my ego doing that. Like it, choosing to feed into my ego and say that shitty comment and then realizing like, like okay, people, humble myself. People would rather be in a shit relationship than not be in a relationship. Mm. That's what it seems like. Like my partner treats me like this. He does this, she does that, but yet you choose to stay. And some people, the pain of a breakup would hurt more than the pain of staying in a shit relationship. Like your brain will always choose a familiar hell over an unfamiliar heaven because it's so much certainty, right? Like this is familiar, being treated like shit's familiar. I might as well stay here. because This is the only certainty in my life maybe, but like respect yourself. What's the point getting into the, to the end of your life and be like, I spent my life with a person that didn't respect me. And you've got another 40 years with this person, maybe. It's like, are you going to make a change or is this a life sentence that you chose? 100%. Do you have any other green flags? I feel like a lot of certain green flags can be personal, but the three that we said should mm. be in every single relationship. Yeah, respect, choose the other person and be able to emotionally regulate yourself. And if you're not getting that in your relationship... Where are you not respecting yourself? Where are you not being emotionally intelligent and regulating? 
So just see it in yourself. If you're not attracting the person you want, maybe you're not the person yet. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Great segue into the next piece. Uh, Excellent. So normally we will read out the story. However, do you think I should just summarize it? Yeah, just summarize it if you like. Okay. So this lady messaged through talking about how she is a stay-at-home mom for her daughter, which is one and a half years old. And so she does all of the housework, looks after the daughter throughout the day, plays with the daughter, like educating the daughter, cleaning, cooking, all the household duties. And then the partner works a nine to five and when he comes home he really doesn't appreciate or do any he doesn't help with the household work he doesn't help with any chores around the house or anything like that which then really puts a big toll on her because then she's not having her time to even like wind down or connect with her partner because Mm. at night time she's still looking after the one and a half year old daughter and cleaning and cooking dinner and things like that so after a lot of conversations between him and her and her partner which she said that was literally took months of trying to get him to see how much work that she does because he kept making smart ass comments and that's my wording smart ass comments but making comments about how easy it is to stay at home and not do anything she's literally not doing anything she gets to have so much time mm. off just getting to stay at home and a one and a half year old hold doesn't take that much to look after or care yeah. for which was his wording. And then she goes into, so that whole conversation of convincing him, trying to convince him how much work she actually does at home to look after everything. That literally conversation was going on for months. And then it got to a time when she had to go to the hospital. She had an appointment at the hospital as a small day surgery. He, and then, and so her husband had to stay home and look after the one and a half year old daughter as well as like clean and tidy the house and when she got home he had done so much (laughs) in brackets because and he was absolutely exhausted that once she got home from being at the hospital well he went to her and complained of how exhausted he was and needed a break and she ended up going around the house and seeing the house was a mess and dirty and looked like hardly anything had been done And that instead of him then realizing, oh, only a couple of hours with my daughter and the house, the house was a mess. He was exhausted. He felt like he had not, he had done so much that he was cleaning the house. And as he was cleaning it, everything behind him was being just like undone straight away. Mm -hmm. And instead of recognizing, oh, this must be what it's like every day for my wife, he he was angry at her Mm -hmm. because she hadn't tidied the whole house and he was angry at her that the house wasn't clean or prepared for him to look after the daughter or do things throughout the day. Mm. So what's your thoughts on that? I think everyone is completely different and everyone sees what hard work is. Everyone sees what is important to them. And as the man in the situation, he would see going out and providing for the family and doing work and yeah, working 40, 50 hours a week, that's the greatest service. And then he's got to a point where he thinks his girlfriend or his wife owes, his wife owes him something. Like I deserve so much appreciation because of what I do. And he is blindsided by that. And he doesn't even see the work his girlfriend does anymore, his wife does anymore. So it's like everyone has different value systems of what they think's most important. He thinks providing and working hard like that is most important. And then he doesn't even see the hard work that his wife's doing looking after the child. So it's so important to actually appreciate your partner for all the little things like that. And I think that's such a big problem where men do go out and work. And if the woman's staying at home and looking after the kids, a lot of people are like, oh, you're just a stay at home mum. Oh, that's so cute. Like, oh, that's so easy. Without seeing the hundreds of tasks that go into that every single day how emotional that can be, how frustrating that can be, how many little things that people will never see that you do. And trying to explain that to your partner and not getting the appreciation must be so, so difficult. And especially it's like, this is a topic that you do hear a bit on social media, depending on what you're following. But it's not just 
we always hear that a stay-at-home mum is a real job and it truly is like mm. there's so much work that goes into it but they also don't add in of like sometimes if you are only spending your time with like a one and a half year old and that's your only communication throughout the day mm. you're only in pretty much the four walls of your house and you're just constantly doing the same thing day in day out from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed even if you like yeah, waking up mm. in the middle of the night it's like you're not getting to leave that area it's like where when you are going to a nine-to-five job you're getting to get into the car by yourself and have that alone time by yourself to go to and from work and then getting to interact with other people other than just the people that are living within those, those four walls and I do want to just read her last sentence because I think this is the biggest part what she was talking about so when she first got home and the partner explained like was annoyed of mm how messy everything was and how exhausted he was. He ended up blaming her for not being on top of everything and leaving everything for him. When in reality, all she did was go to the hospital and have a couple hours away as she had a procedure done and to then come back home. And yet he may not even, however, he wasn't self-aware enough to realize that that's what he does every single day. Mm. which is gets up and goes Leaves to work for eight hours. Yeah. And then everything is left on her shoulders to mm. do and to clean the house and to do everything. Yeah. It's so important to be appreciated. Like firstly, shout out to the men who go out to work every day and provide for their family. I think it's so, so important what you do and, and growing up without a, like maybe you miss a lot of things. You miss your child's first steps. You miss your child's first word. You can't take them to school. You can't go on the school run. Like you miss out on a lot. And I fully understand men's side of how much you provide for the family. And you also need to see how much women do for the family as well. Like, or even all the little things. Like we went to the shop yesterday and Mia usually forward thinks of what we're going to eat and what, what we get from the shops. And then she was leaving it up to me. She's like, you have a go. Like, what should we have for the next few days, what should we eat? Can you forward think? Can you think of all these meals, get the ingredients, balance all this stuff out? And I was like, yeah, obviously. Then went to the shop and I found it so difficult. Like there's so much crap looking at the ingredients, finding all these things, thinking about what we want, thinking about what the portion sizes that be. Like there's so much. Where it is in the shopping, like where, where is it is. Where it is, yeah, having to walk store. around, having to deal with, <laughs> so many people in the supermarket it's like I don't even think of that until yesterday I was like wow I'm actually so appreciative of that I think our biggest thing like within our dynamic is like we do like with breakfasts it's like I I believe I'm normally the main one that cooks however you help out a lot with cooking Mm. and like washing up afterwards however it's all that forward thinking of like I am normally the one 99% of the time him, I would say it's got actually got thinking about what food we're going to have throughout the week and going to the shops and actually getting it to put it in the fridge. Once it's in the fridge, you help out a lot. Yeah. But however, it was just like in that moment yesterday where I'm like, I know that we don't have, have enough food to make a meal, like meals for lunch or dinner tonight. So I'm like, okay, th- I'm just going to grab the things that I really feel like right now. And then... I'm going to put the rest on you or like just ask you like what meals do you reckon we should have this week yeah. and okay like you, okay you found the, what was it like ingredient yeah the recipes that you were wanting then I'm like, okay write a list of the things that we need to get from the shops then like what do we already have and what do we need to get and then just watching you <laughs> go through the <laughs> try shop. and be an adult and then i was like oh would you like me to help with anything like yeah if you can get the chicken i'm like okay how much chicken would you like i was like i don't know <laughs> <laughs> it is very it was yeah, just like a nice realization on how much like, you do. Yes. In that area. Yeah. Cool. Like, I feel like we both really help each other out in those areas. So in that story, if you were that woman and you were staying at home, you're doing all these chores and your partner didn't see you and always made these comments, like, how would you go about making a change there? What would you say to him? Look, it's such a, like the first thing I would say is actually sitting down and having a conversation on how you feel, which currently you feel unappreciated and un, not acknowledged for what work you are doing. However, within that situation, she had mentioned that she had been talking, like expressing how she felt 
for mm. months now and how much work she does. And rather instead of encouraging or like trying to convince him of how much work you do, it's actually seeing the quality of those conversations that you're having because you, she made a statement saying that oh, I've been telling him for months, trying to convince him of how much work I'm actually doing, that it's actually work mm. that I'm doing here. However, sometimes like, are you just making a one like or two conversations mm. and rather than actually having, sorry, that confused me. <laughs> um, are you actually just making slight ass comment of trying to justify how much work you actually do or are you sitting down expressing like hey this is how I'm feeling this is how it makes me feel when you make comments like that because what I am doing is actually worth this many hours of work and if we paid someone else to do it they would be making x amount and Mm. we're getting to who like you just spent four hours with our daughter and every you felt like you were so exhausted and everything fell apart and it's really sad that you didn't get to acknowledge that that's what I go through every single day and yes I enjoy it because I would love I love spending time with my daughter and looking after our home however it's not appreciated not appreciated when you undermine me on how what I'm doing in the household it's such a thing of it's hardly the message it's how the message is delivered like she wants to say that, but it can come out in such different ways. It can come out as blaming the guy, nagging him, being annoying towards him, like in a way that guys are just like, tell me straight up, like what's happening? But because you express it maybe in a blame sort of tone and it probably doesn't get received and he probably gets defensive and he ignores it because he doesn't want to feel blamed, does he? Like he wants to feel appreciated as well so if you can come to that conversation like hey i really appreciate everything you do for us and at the moment i'm feeling unappreciated for the work i'm doing so when you come at it from that side side rather than the blame side then it can actually be received a lot better yeah and just then going back to the dynamic that you're both a team and bringing that up in the conversation as like i believe we are such a great team and that's why we originally he brought up the dynamic of you working your nine to five and me getting to stay home Mm. and look after our daughter to spend more time with her. However, I feel like it's gone underappreciated of listing out all the things that you do throughout the day and how that also benefits him in his routine. If he's having a hard time recognizing it, it's like, if he's like, don't do this, but if you stop washing all his clothes or stop cooking him food, like how much would that actually add to his plate? Mm. Just sharing that don't, I think don't have a protest behavior <laughs> and do that. Go on strike. Yeah. It's like, remember that you're both a team as like just communicating that, that it's like, I help you out so much when we're cooking, when I cook our meals and when I clean up after like all the dishes mm. and when I'm constantly like, I'm thinking, forward ahead of what we need from the grocery store and what we're eating throughout the week and cleaning and Mm. making sure all your clothes are washed and ironed before you go to work like getting to actually list out every single step and how that makes you feel how that's helping them with their life and their values and Mm. how they see their routine and breaking it down to that rather than just saying I do so much for you this is like a full-time job without just saying that one statement without the whole description of it. Yeah. I think this was a very productive episode. It's quite big. We just ticked over an hour, I think, as well. Just under an hour. So we went over how we met. That was a cute one, wasn't Mm. it? And then we went over the four phases you need to move through in your relationship. So the honeymoon phase, the comfort phase, through the healing growth and to the deeper soul connection. And if you do want help with that, like a lot of clients come to us, they've been through the honeymoon phase nice and easy. Then they start getting triggered. They're in the comfort phase. They want to grow, but they just don't know how. Then reach out to us on Instagram or go to the show notes below this and click on the conflict codes link and it'll take you to the online program, which goes through all this stuff. If you're ready to transform your relationship, make sure you check out that program and we would love to see you on the inside. And then we went over subtle green flags to let you know you found the one. That was so, so important to actually see what's missing in your relationship And also what's missing in yourself? Like, how are you showing up? Are you showing up like the person you want to show up as? And then what happens when your partner doesn't see or appreciate your efforts? And I will round it off. What are you excited about this week, Mia Cherry? Mm, I'm excited for our new podcast to come out. Yeah. I think I do get excited now for Monday's 
and getting to have the new podcast come out, especially with the people that do message us and be like, all right, just binge watched your last few episodes. Like that's always a nice feeling. It feels because, so nice. Hey? Yeah. because like the podcast is brand new to us still. Like it's only been a month now. This is the fourth episode and it's so nice to receive though, like the nice feedback. Mm. So if you are watching this, do send us a message. It does. Yeah. yeah. That makes it really good. Like when someone messages like, Hey, you listen to your podcast. Couldn't stop listening. This it's, it was great what you're saying. I sent it to my partner. Like, that makes us feel so good. Like, ooh, people are listening to us. Yeah, they give like, us the feedback. We love it. Yeah, and on Instagram, it's done like 90 million views in the last 90 days. And a lot of times that can just look like numbers on a screen. But when people actually listen to the podcast and listen to us in depth and build that connection with us, like we love that so much. We really, really value that. So shoot us a message. We'll always respond. Yeah, then even with the people that have binge-watched your content, when they send you a really nice message, it's like, we appreciate that so much. Like, it really does yeah. impact us in a great way. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining in. Thank you for listening. We're here every single Monday. Help us... Well, let us help you grow your relationship, learn the tools, send this video to your partner, talk about the podcast together, build that intellectual and emotional intimacy, and really start to make the changes in your relationship so that you can create one that actually brings you joy rather than stress. Thank you so much. We'll see you next Monday. Bye, guys.